You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 112, The Secret History of Curling. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that's strong to the finish because we eat our spinach. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. And we are back after a long, long absence due to many, many, many circumstances. Uh, but we are back again for a brand new episode of the Savage Fincast, the internet's only, as far as we're aware, podcast dedicated to the great uh, comic book series, The Savage Dragon. Uh, celebrating 30 years this year. It's crazy how long Dragon's been going on and how I've only experienced 20 years of that firsthand. <laughs> Fake fan. <laughs> That's it. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, guys. Yeah. You know, think about that for two seconds. 1992. Good Lord. Yeah. What were you doing in 1992, Raven? I was 11, so, you know, not much. <laughs> well, I was also 10 or 11. In fact, now that I think about it, in 92, I would have been 10 or 11. I would have been just getting into middle school. I wouldn't even. I would not even be slamming pogs or playing magic cards at that point. I have no idea what I was doing when I was that age. I think I was making, yeah, my, t- I was making my teacher mad because all I wanted to do was read books and look out the window. Mm. I was a freshman in high school and like a total nerd I had cutouts of all the image stuff from like uh, what was the catalog back then it wasn't previews it was uh, don't ask us uh, we were, we were <laughs> what was the if, I don't know I'm dry, I forget but I cut out all the pages and I had it like taped to the inside of my locker <laughs> that's gonna kill me now what was the name of the, the catalog before was it previews? Heroes? No, no. Advanced comics, right? Does that sound familiar? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that like, I did a little post about it, and it, it's crazy that uh, in 1992, Bucky O'Hare got a Nintendo game. So they were still releasing Nintendo games. The first Nintendo. Oh, I, like, was, fucking I was absolutely still getting Nintendo games in 92. I wasn't allowed to get a Super Nintendo. Fuck so yeah, I, had my, I, had my, I had my NES until 96 when I got my I, N64. Dude, I was too poor for a Super Nintendo <laughs> Wait, so when, was, I thought Super Nintendo wasn't until like '94. No, uh, well, not, no, it came out in '90. Bucky O'Hare hit. Bucky O'Hare. It's late. Bucky O'Hare hit in '92. Bucky O'Hare is a late release, right? So it, it's late, but there. The point is, is that we're still getting new Nintendo games. Right, right. Super Nintendo came out in North America in late '91. 
they continue to put out NES games because back in the day they still did that for like three more years. They didn't discontinue right. the NES until 1994. But I think the craziest fact that I found... Oh, yeah, here's the less crazy fact. Stuff crust pizza didn't even exist until 95. Oh. Well, I, we, I, used, I used a little bit of quick research. <laughs> I was not even reading comic books in 1992. Uh, all the comics I was reading, I was getting in Nintendo Power, which I was in my first year subscription, and Boys Life magazine, which had great comics back in the day. I mean, for the most part, me too. I lived in southern West Virginia, so it, there was no comic shop. So any comics that I got were just random shit. Uh, f- like, I remember crystal clear. When I first saw the image shit, it was, like, just in a grocery store, in a Kroger or an IGA or a Piggly Wiggly, one of the three. Wow. But, like, it was just there. I didn't have a comic shop. So, like you, Jim, dude, I, I was reading, like, fucking Bazooka Joe mm-hmm. and, like, and Nintendo Power comics and stuff. Uh, yeah, Bazooka Joe. That was a... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when when you don't have comics or a or comic access, shop in your life. Yeah, access to comic books. You'll take comics anywhere you can find them. Yeah. Archie. Like fucking, and, you as know. they say, any port in a storm. That's what that's that's <laughs> my, about, right? My kids love Archie. Absolutely love it. They have like dozens and dozens of digests. That's the only comics they'll read and they read it every night before so bed. It's crazy. When you say digest, you mean you mean they're reading the older material, not the current. Yeah. The no, they hate the they don't like the current. That stuff. is fascinating to me. Yeah, and my son starts talking all old timey. It's weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Archie's Jalopy. Is it gonna be like yeah. Eric's son, like he can draw a model T? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really weird, but my son he's, and he's daddy O absolutely love it. Um, but. the last thing that I'll throw out there about nineteen ninety two before we move on to the proper true opening, because we kinda just threw this in, was that uh the fucking internet the World Wide Web, like, as we know it, is only, like, one year older than Image. Oh. I, so it's like... <laughs> I didn't use my first... I didn't really use the internet or, like, my first... Like, I used web crawl, like, the first, like, internet search until I was a freshman in college. Yeah, that sounds right. 95. I think my yep. school got AOL in, like, 97 or 98, and I <laughs> occasionally went to Nintendo's home site, and that was, like, the only internet I would ever do. Until like 99, 2000. You, you want to know a weird thing? This is the weirdest shit. And it's weird. It's even weirder when I think about it now. Like I went to a little like tiny school in southern West Virginia. And uh, like my graduating class was 60 people. But dude, for some reason in 1994, this fucking little tiny middle of nowhere school had a computer lab that was connected to the internet. I had Photoshop. Holy. <laughs> yep, and we had a digital camera. Some look like five Some, pictures. Somebody, <laughs> yes. got a, somebody got a grant at the right, the exact right time. So weird, weirdly high tech. Like that was, <laughs> I I got started on Photoshop like four. Damn, I remember my first professional <laughs> job. Like only one person could be on the internet at a time, and we had to like. Don't pick the up the phone. Log off. So, yeah, so like the next person could use it. That's so fucking funny, dude. Oh man! But it's it's crazy to think that Image Comics is only like one year older or one year younger than like the internet as we know it. Right. <laughs> because obviously the internet has roots in like DARPA or whatever, but like the yeah. World Wide Web, which is like where citizens were getting like on you, and shit. You, like I've heard stories of things like Usenet and right. 
Right. Uh, I mean, and that's, that stuff is older than image, but it's funny that like the, the citizens internet, like World Wide web, like www dot image is only one year younger than that. <laughs> so just weird, just weird. That's enough reminiscing. I think Craig, you definitely had the atom bomb. What was that? The thing that you were going to talk about. Oh, I thought we were still talking about the... <laughs> 30th I we were still talking about an image thing. So, I mean, the big news we want to talk about, which is, never mind, the image anniversary. Yeah, fuck those guys. We've, we <laughs> we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but last November marked uh, the FinCast 10-year anniversary. And I know... Can you, you know, believe in it? Year, yeah, I told can't us believe we wouldn't, it's been. They wouldn't last a year. How could we possibly <laughs> talk about one comic book for more than a couple episodes? For hours at a time. They may have been right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in year nine, I know we kind of started talking about how can we celebrate our 10 years, which, you know, we've had a lot of fun together. We've, we've you know, just really enjoyed doing this podcast and we wanted to do something to celebrate 10 years. And we threw some ideas around and uh, what started as something small is kind of really blown up. And so, yeah, originally, well, just to recap, um, for those who don't know, I've told this story before. Back before the FinCast was even a thing, I wanted to do a uh, fan made comic book about Savage Dragon, a fanzine, as you were. But at the Mm -hmm. time, it just wasn't feasible. And so we settled on a podcast instead and. You know, it worked out. Uh, and I think Craig, last year, came back to us suggesting that we should do, like, a book of some kind. I don't think it was necessarily a fans, uh, like a comic fanzine that you were thinking of. I think you were thinking more like essays and, like, retrospectives and stuff. But I think it kind of morphed into something else as we went on. Yeah, just a, a mix of comic strips, uh, uh, whatever, essays and stuff like that. And so Yeah, I don't think we... I don't think we got very. I don't think we got any essays. I'm pretty sure everyone went hard for comics. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I, I think you know, COVID kind of helped us too. And, and you know, I know I was working from home a lot, and on uh, the Facebook Savage Dragon pages, and and Raven and Jim and myself started kicking around this idea of what we can do for this 10 year anniversary with this book. And we were like, well, let's, I think we eventually said, let's try to do a comic that kind of like a fan comic with, you know, different strips of different fans that we know. There's a lot of great artists and writers in the Savage Dragon community. And so we kind of, I kind of set up a a quick kind of hidden fan, uh, hidden page on Facebook to start this project up and invited a few people in our circles, uh, you know, people that have hosted the show with us, people that we know and like and and whose art is great and stuff like that and just kind of polled them to see if they would be interested and we got a really overwhelming response of people that were interested in drawing something or writing something or just contributing to this fan project, which I think we were initially thinking of just publishing ourselves and just giving it out as a prize, like a, a uh, interesting topic uh, prize and that's the way we were going to go for a while and we ended up spending a lot of that first year of the the covid lockdown kind of putting this together it was it's a big endeavor you know i I think we have close to 
20 something people that were involved, all fans of Savage Dragon. Um, and it took a solid, what would you say, like seven, eight months, I think. Yeah, I think. Of just. Yeah, started in January, December, I think. And I think we set a uh, mid October deadline. I think we mostly hit it. Everyone pretty much came through. Yeah. And. And so we set up this anthology of uh, different, you know, between uh, typically four or five page stories, some one pagers, uh, all related to Savage Dragon and all kind of like just fan fiction. Um, And, uh, you know, some people did all their stories, wrote wrote them and uh, penciled them and inked them. Some people teamed up where we had writers and pencilers teaming up and it was awesome. And the, and the stuff started flooding in and we were still kind of, you know, figuring out what we're going to do and how many pages it was going to be. And, you know, if it was going to be in color, you know, what the format was going to be. And it just kind of worked out into like a 50 page comic that we were just going to self publish, uh, and give out as, again, as free prizes on the FinCast to celebrate 10 years. And, I ended up showing it to Eric and his response kind of blew me away because he was blown away by it and uh, he really seemed to enjoy it. And uh, next thing he's saying is that he wanted to put it out through image, which knocked us all off our asses, I think. Right. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Nobody could believe it. Like everybody was floored when they got the news. So we have this completed comic ready to go. Sounds like Eric's going to solicit it uh, for the June solicitations for this year from what we're hearing. Uh, It's a 50-page black and white um, kind of giant-sized anthology of all fans of Savage Dragon. So it's not like it's – the cool thing is it's not like just a bunch of guys are jumping in and wanting to draw like a comic you know, and don't really know the material. Everyone involved in this, we know are, you know, huge fans of the book that just happen to be great artists or or good writers and stuff like that. And, uh, I think that's what makes this work. Well, I mean, everything looks awesome. It looks, I think it looks pretty professional. Oh, it Um, does. I mean, like, listen, I want to take just a moment. Yeah, go, uh, go for it. I don't want to just be the only one talking. (laughs) No, I just want to take just a moment just to, like, you know, praise our boys, like, everybody involved. Like, uh, you know, honest to goodness, some of these guys you know. If you're in the Savage Dragon community, you read Savage Dragon, you know, you've seen them contribute to backups or, you know, their letter hacks. You know, you see them writing in all the time or something like that. But, like, I think everybody, as the submissions began to pour in, it became clear that, you know, it wasn't just going to be, you know, just some slapdash, you know, half-assed fan project. Like, you know, nobody gives a shit, nobody cares. Everybody was really pouring a lot of energy into making their stuff look as good as possible. And like Craig said, the end result is honestly better and more professional than I could have ever imagined and that's thanks to everyone's hard work and so you know i I can't wait for people to see this thing i'm proud of it i'm proud to be a part of it i'm proud of like my part in it i'm proud of everybody that contributed 
Like this thing looks awesome as hell. And yeah, uh, we yeah. got um, we got a cover with Eric Larson pencils, Mark Welser inks, and Nico's colors, uh, which looks phenomenal. Uh, and a back cover with Scott James's pencils and inks with Nico's colors. Um, the title is going to be Super Freaks, which is uh, a play on what Jim was going to initially call our fan, the fanzine that he was going to yeah, create. Yeah, I thought what, I, I always thought it was a, I, I always thought it was a good title because I didn't want to call it Savage Drag. Anything like anything using the word Savage or Dragon, I wanted to call, it, but I also wanted it to you know tie tie into what you know something within Savage Dragon. So I thought Super Freaks, which I always thought was a really cool way of describing superpowered individuals in the Savage Dragon universe uh, was I thought it would make a good title and you know if it I had did. A, if I had any if I had any input it was I wanted this to be the title and I got what I wanted <laughs> <laughs> Jim let me take a moment to fucking say dude that like um the listeners probably know this or maybe they forgot but just to recap it's like dude a lot of the like w- there was just one time where like, you just everybody in the forum, back in the old Savage Dragon forums, you know, we were kind of feeling like, man, maybe maybe Savage Dragon was, like, on the ropes or something. And, like, we needed to, like, contribute and, like, sort of get out there and help and make a push. Yeah. And I just want to say that, like, this podcast was born of that thread. Mm-hmm. It's true. That, Absolutely. That was that was your idea. I'm still waiting on that um, that infographic, Raven. It'll, it, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Super Freaks is about to be a reality and that came from that thread and lastly i just want to say that like i don't know if you guys knew this but dragon fan which did flop and fail but dragon fan is responsible for the redesign of savagedragon.com that is true yeah into a more like modern like blog format the, so, the savage dragon wiki was also kind of born out of a lot of those talks that's true. Not not doing um, another printed publication. Because wasn't wasn't the wiki hosted on DragonFan initially, or are they linked in some way? And they no. were only linked. The wiki was its own thing for sure. Yeah. But it, I'm just saying, like, holy cow, dude! Like, what a what a way to like leave your mark on like in a positive way to leave your mark on the fandom. You know what I'm saying? Right. To contribute. You know, back when I was, I remember back when I was just a listener, I used to always say, and I still mean it. Thanks for doing the FinCast. It enhances my Savage Dragon reading experience. And dudes, it has been a fucking blast. All this cool shit that has come out of it. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to take a a quick second, if you don't mind, if you guys don't mind, just to list the contributors. Please. uh, Of this, uh fan publication uh super freaks so just real quick just want to go down the line and just thank a lot of these people and hopefully you know the listeners will pick up this book when it comes out in solicitations i know we'll hype it up when it's when it's out there uh but we're super excited just want to thank uh ken albury david brandstetter john ashton golden james hansen gavin higginbotham scott james nick justice nikos Kutz. Kutsis, uh, Simon Millette St. Pierre, uh, Chris McJunkin, Micah Myers, Greg O'Driscoll, Eric Schomborn, uh, Matt Talbot, Connor James Tierney, uh, Mark Welser, and Rich Wal- 
Woodall and D Fish all participated and and helped uh you know out of the goodness uh, you know I, I mean they all enjoyed doing it but no one was paid anything to do this um and they just they p- put out stuff like they were you know getting paid to do it honestly you know it was it's just phenomenal yeah they um, showed the fuck up <laughs> they showed up man yeah so again uh eric's told us it should be in with the solicitations for june which i think are probably in two months maybe yeah Does that sound i think right? so yeah um they're it's three called super go ahead yeah they, they they're, they're solicitations are like done three months out so it'll be uh april april may june so april it's yeah it'll be called super freaks like i said we'll we'll be posting it when it's when it's up and hyping the shit out of it and uh the one thing i want to say is i am pretty happy that it's coming out during the 30th anniversary of image comics yeah that's pretty crazy um, timing wise it is it is crazy it's cool it's going to have that probably that logo on the front and the crazy thing for me is like i was just saying in the beginning of the show my freshman year of high school i was all hyped about image comics starting like i was there in the beginning like blown away that these guys are starting this own company i was so excited to read about these characters and to think that 30 years later i'm gonna have my name on the inside of an image book <laughs> is mind-blowing to me so isn't that cool yeah yeah it's crazy i just want to so, say that like there's some there's just you know everybody and like honestly and thanks eric for like for giving the opportunity uh, yeah absolutely yeah f- for all these creators like i mean like i i hate to put him on blast but like connor is like so young dude he's in like his early 20s and it, i'm just saying like can you even fucking imagine like you know like i don't know i'm just like i and, think and that his story is one of the coolest stories in there, in my opinion. I fucking yeah. love it. I, I know everyone's going to love it. Yeah. Oh, it's f- great art, funny. And, I mean, just all, everybody. Everybody. It's hard to pick a favorite in there, though, honestly. Every, like, I can't stress it enough. Not because it's our thing or whatever, but I'm really excited for the fandom to see this and just to see how well everybody did with their, you know, their stories. And I know you said it, but I just want to reiterate that, like, you know, it, it would be one thing if it was just a bunch of guys who just, like, just jumped in just because there was an opportunity to do something. And you could right. kind of tell that they didn't, like, really, you know, or they hadn't read in a long time. You know, all all the if all the shorts were about Savage Dragon being a cop in Chicago. But, like, you can tell when you read this that these are fans that read the book have read the book they're read they're with the book they've been with it and uh you can really feel the passion you can really tell the it's cool awesome. thing is it's of all eras of savage dragon so all these stories cover you know original savage dragon malcolm you know different eras different uh the cartoon you know whatever you know um different side characters um yeah they don't all... even they don't even all <laughs> yeah they don't even all star dragon or malcolm and I think that's the coolest bit is that so much is represented. Yeah. It and really runs yeah. the gambit. Yeah. Hey man. I mean, like you said, Craig, that's mind blowing, man. I was just, you know, a little kid begging, begging mom for a comic from the grocery store. And you know, Hey, we're going to be sitting on shelves in a comic store. <laughs> it's cool. People will be it's, wondering, what is that? Why? 
Those sons of bitches. And the speculators will be slabbing it and saving it for college. <laughs> We're going to be part of the system, guys. It's good. It's good. Feels good. Let's, let's get a big round of applause for us. Hear, hear us. Yes, congrats us. Congratulations. I can't think of a better way to celebrate 10 years, honestly. Like, I, again, I, I'm not to be a dead horse, but I just never expected this opportunity. So thanks to Eric and thanks to all the contributors for making it something worthwhile that he'd want to publish through the image imprint, which is insane. Yeah, man. Honestly, thank you again. Like, seriously, everybody really really swung for the fences and uh again it's a broken record at this point but just absolutely fantastic work can't wait for everybody to get to experience it's awesome we will probably cover it in an episode in the future we have to there's no yeah we'll need to figure something out trying to get maybe some of these guys on to talk about it we'll figure that out in the future though yeah, that'd be that'd be tricky, but I would tricky. love it. Yeah, challenging. Maybe we'll splice Project. together a bunch of mini <laughs> bunch of mini sods. We'll splice them together somehow. <laughs> Bring back the finny sods. So we we got a lot to get through on this uh, episode since we've been away for so very long. Yeah. We've got a lot of uh, not not intense news, but a lot of it. Yeah, uh, I'll take a I'll take point. Uh, you know, just a little uh, easy. Uh, news variant cover news. Uh, Eric's been doing uh, variant covers here and there lately. So if you're into that, if you want to snag one up, we got Philadelphia number 20 on sale in March, which is going to have an Eric cover. Not a comic I've been reading. So I have new. No. Don't know anything yeah, I don't about know anything it. about it. The cover looks cool. Cover looks cool. Shit. Werewolves. <laughs> so, uh, is that a, yeah, is that a Jeff Lemire book. I can't remember. Don't mind me. Read uh, the second news item, Jim. It's kind of Jim-centric. Yeah, this is way more me. Um, so, <laughs> if I remember correctly, during the Eric interview last time, he mentioned that he had a variant cover in the pipeline, but he couldn't talk about it because it hadn't been announced yet. And the reason he couldn't <laughs> talk about it was because it was for the new relaunch of Astro City, which... For me, I'm super stoked about it. I love Astro City and anything Kurt Busiek makes. Uh, this cover is actually really cool because it's also, as Eric tends to do, an homage of sorts. Um, see, as I understand it, I don't have any of the pictures in front of me, but the all the uh, there, there are like five or six variant covers for this issue. I believe this is a one-shot to like reintroduce Astro City for the ongoing series. And it has a... It, it has a subtitle, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Eric's doesn't use the subtitle. He calls it The Return of Astro City. And he actually uses the font, or the actual logo, of The Return of the New Gods uh, from DC back in the day. I don't know. Craig, uh, yeah. you You're really? Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I spotted it immediately, even though I'm not a big New Gods It's fan. a weird font, too. Yeah. It's very I, distinct. I'm surprised I didn't catch that. Yeah, I thought that was re- a really nice touch. And, of course, the cover, I believe, has Samaritan, who is the, uh, well, for lack of a better choice, it's the Superman of the universe. And I think, what, Dragon's on the cover, right? Malcolm. Malcolm's on the it's cover, I'm sorry. Malcolm. It's the, it's the Return of Astro City. It's back greater than ever. Mm. But, of course, Malcolm won't actually be in the book, because Astro City is its own thing. It doesn't do crossovers with anything. So it's just a fun little it, cover. 
Is the variants have like a an image character on each I think variant? It, I think they do. I think they all do because I believe there's a cover with uh, um, uh, Radiant Black, and I think the Radiant Black character is on the cover too. Is there one with Spawn? In, <laughs> in fact, I, yeah. In fact, I think most of the covers are like self homages. Like if Astro City was in that particular comic, I really should look up all these covers. Astro City Returns. Click, 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 click. <laughs> now you know I'm working, working hard. That's compelling podcasting. All right, all right. So there's a Chew cover, and there's Eric's cover, and there's a Radiant Black cover, and I don't recognize this one off the top of my head. Uh, there's a, uh, um, oh, what was it called? Something in the Divine. Oh, Wicked in the Divine. Wicked in the Divine cover, and... Another one I recognize, but I can't remember the name of. I'm bad. Bad at this. I should have done this in advance. <laughs> oh, okay. so the the return of Astro Street. Yeah, I got you now. It's that cover, the return of the new gods, which was uh, when they, after Kirby left. Right. Was that Jerry Conway? Redes- yeah, I think. And they re- redesigned the new gods. Okay, there's one for sex criminals, and there's one for Cleopatra, which I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all supposed to be, like, references to Image Comics. And they all have, like, uh, some of them are, like, crossovers between the characters, which uh, which doesn't happen in the comic. But they are all very cool. But, of course, Eric's is the coolest of all. Cause, especially because yes. he, he not only does he use the, the Return of the New Gods logo, he's also got the, cla- the, uh, the classic Marvel uh, retro cover. Which is funny, because I think he does that on every variant he does for anybody now yeah he, he loves it and you can't you can't fault him for it no nah, i love the little like inset picture on those so you get the little pro yeah the little yeah. shots of like the mini character oh yeah yeah that is uh going to be on sale in march as well so yes just just heads up if you're a variant collector get on it so what about this uh, Jack Champion comic uh, that Eric mocked up? Uh, those uh, those that are in the know might remember Jack Champion as the kind of character from the giant size Kung Fu Bible stories uh, collection that uh, Eric put out. It's got it's how many years ago now? Eight years, maybe seven years, more oh, well, or less. I, I feel uh, like it's been almost ten at this point. It's yeah, probably, it's been a long it's, time. It's probably been as long. Since it came it's out, not as, as it was before, and when we got teased yeah. about it until it came out, I just remember on the podcast talking about it for years. About, remember, he teased the, the Scooby Doo looking van in front of the house, and we we're like, you know, he's got this project that's going to come out, and it just what, never came out, that, and eventually it did. That was teased before the FinCast was a thing, right? I can't. Um, yeah, and in, in the beginning of the FinCast, when we started the FinCast, we were starting by talking about that. I remember that for a while it was a running joke to ask Eric in the interviews when that was coming. Yeah. Like we asked him like like every time. Yeah. So apparently I guess on Facebook Eric kind of posted like the different covers from his kind of his corner of the image universe like all of his books and characters that have had books. And he posted this Jack Champion book, and it was like, 
there was no text or anything about it. It was just kind of posted up with like Freak Force and Star and, you know, Vanguard and, and Savage Dragon and then Ant and then there's Jack Champion and everyone was like, what? <laughs> but um, he didn't really, unless you guys know, I don't think he really said anything more than he just kind of did this mock-up. I guess maybe he's toying with the idea of coming out with the book about Jack Champion, but he didn't really, he didn't really state it. Yeah, as far as the comments went, I, people asked him, they're like, oh, new series? And he's like, nah, it's just a mock-up. And so, yeah, if, if anything's in the works, he's keeping tight-lipped about it. But, uh, yeah, it was still kind of a shocker for everybody to see it <laughs> with, like, a proper logo and everything. Things, um, you know, there was a little kind of a surprise, like, uh, kind of just dropped on us. Uh, cover it's very cool uh, like it was Savage Dragon collection uh, over in France and uh, it's had this really sweet painted variant cover uh, by uh, Gerald Parell and uh, you know if you're online and you're looking for it you, you probably are going to have to like <laughs> do a little bit of Google food to find this thing It's but it's really interesting I wish I knew what the contents of it were like the, that that wasn't stated anywhere was it it was actually yeah. um yeah if you go to we're going to do just a little bit of real time navigating all right sorry no this is the uh what podcasters people love we, to uh, listen to we do it live <laughs> uh-huh we're doing it live <laughs> fuck <laughs> do it live do it live what was that from Craig? oh that was uh, What's oh, his Bill, name? Is Bill the, fucking O'Reilly? Bill, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. We're doing it live. All right, so uh, it says volume represents uh, issues 193 through 198. That's actually mm-hmm. a lot more than I thought. That's pretty. That's like five issues. Yeah, uh, it says issues. it's going to be like 152 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be some... I think what's interesting about this is it's just got some cool like it's a hardback right because uh, it's it's for a european market and that's how all comics well not all but that's how you know the albums are sold so it's like being sold yeah. as like an album yeah yeah it, it's it's uh kind of cool it's like hardback and it's got like uh some cool use of black and white uh things like you'll see covers in black and white and uh it, again the icing on the cake is it's just got this really sweet painted cover um if Wait, you, 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 said, you said the interiors are black and white? No, there's there's the color interiors, but there's uh, what I was saying is there's some cool black and white. I see, like what? covers and stuff. Sorry, sorry, I'm repeating myself. What issues is it? Three through one ninety eight. One ninety eight. Interesting. That's actually quite a time ago. Now, wonder what story arc that was. One, I'm checking right now. So that oh, actually. That's the start of the Malcolm era. That's the start of the uh, yeah. the uh, college letter era. Starts yeah, with like um, starts with the legacy free comic book day issue, and then kind of goes from there. I think it looks cool. Um, like I said, you're gonna have a tough time finding it. It's on the uh, website editions-blackandwhite.com, and uh, it's Savage Dragon One variant cover exclusive. Gerald Perel, G E R A L D P A R E L. Hey, man, I hope that helps you Google it up. But, uh, yeah, it's probably in French. Just a heads up. Oh, absolutely. 
but but it, I, I just find it really interesting that that's a good that's a good starting spot if they're going to do more of this and try to like catch up to the series uh, in French. Because I know foreign editions aren't really a thing anymore, so having any attempt to get Savage Dragon out in foreign languages is quite the endeavor. And also, if you're a hardcore collector, this would be a hell of a thing to sneak, like snag up. You know right. what I mean? Gavin, I'm I'm getting to that point myself. Like it's kind of like I never was there until I like you know I bought everything for the main series, and then thanks to the FinCast, I bought all of the spinoff stuff. And I'm kind of like just, I'm looking around, like, the only things I can buy is weird shit like this, you know what I mean? So it's, I'm getting there, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> getting your fix somehow. Yeah, gotta get it somehow, dude. Yeah, so I think that's all we got in news. Um, you know, something I find finteresting? What do you find finteresting? I like it when people... <laughs> respond to our finteresting topics we had a really good one last time we asked should eric have skipped issue 12 of ant uh and also will you be buying ant number one well we were gone for a long time so there's a ton of letters but i guess what i should say is uh there was a ton of letters is what we should have had we didn't get shit you guys failed us uh i'm very disappointed (laughs) You know, how do we go 10 years with such ingrates? I don't know what else to say. I'm disgusted. Yeah, I, I feel let down. But then again, we also let down a lot of people by not showing up for two months. <laughs> fair, fair. I'm just saying so that, like, I think we, don't, break my, don't break our hearts. Please, please write in when we ask you these interesting topics. Maybe they're just embarrassed I, uh, by the answer. I still want to hear the answer. If you know, if people still want to answer it and feel pity in their heart, <laughs> I, I do. Still want I to know what people think of that. I do want to know. I, what's funny is I, I do actually want to know now that we've got some room and some space. You know, Ant Number Two just came out as of this recording, and so like we actually have like an even people are in an even better place to say. Should Ant number one have been the start? You know, should issue 12 have been this weird, like, out there thing that existed? You know, I I would still like to know what people think, if you would be so kind as to let us know. (laughs) Eric's crazy need to just kind of clean it all up. (laughs) Just pretty wild to me, but... He fashions the rod for his own back. my thoughts. (laughs) Um, that being said, we did get a letter. Uh, so it's not related to our interesting topic. However, I think we got it. You guys want to take it or you want me to date? Uh, I'll take it. Take it away. What's up, Fincasters? Lifelong Dragon fan, newfound obsession with your podcast. Since there's been a huge delay between 260 and 261, I found time to finally write you guys. I'm 38 and can say Dragon is the only funny book I've followed from the beginning and have never left it off my pull list since I was old enough to have one, aside from normal breaks and comics we take through life. It's the only book I have a complete run of. I don't really have any friends who have interest in comics as I do, so I don't have anyone to discuss my Savage Dragon with, so having your FinCast is just awesome. I just started listening around episode 100 and I've been obsessively consuming past episodes like back issues 
on average of two episodes a day while at work. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having such a dope show and being there for finheads like me who just can't seem to get their Larson Dragon fill. This nearly three-month gap between issues has been brutal, but classic episodes of your show have been clutch in dealing with my withdrawals. Bring back Dragon Trivia. Hope to become a regular writer and interesting conversationalist with you guys in the future. Can't wait to see what you guys have in store for future episodes. Can't stress enough how much your podcast is appreciated. Love the retros as well. Thanks. Please keep the show going as long as the comic does. Thanks again. Peter Cruz. Sorry about wow. our first like 70 episodes sounding like they're inside a tin can. <laughs> <laughs> he started with 100 though, so maybe he didn't go back. <laughs> you know... I, uh, I love letters like this, man. It's a good feeling that someone enjoys this. And, you know, I think, like I said a million times, I would still do this even if we had one or two listeners or no listeners. I'd enjoy talking Savage Dragon with you guys. But it always helps when you when you hear a letter like this that somebody, like, actually appreciates what you do. It really does. And I even kind of said it at the beginning of the show, but, like, back when I was just a listener, like, it, what Peter said, it's legit, man. Like, it can be lonely to be a Savage Dragon fan. <laughs> like, you, you you don't have anybody really in your normal, like, life to talk about it. Even the people in your comic shop are probably shitty about it. And so, it's kind of like having this thing that you can, like, you know, crack open an issue, read it, enjoy it. And then you turn around and get to, like, you know, hear people also, like, brain dump about it. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, especially when you're like a super fan, like sounds like Peter is, you know, to just kind of hear some conversation about it and just, uh, I don't know, it's just fun. I love talking Savage Dragon, so I'm glad I have this uh, and I can do this in real time with you guys. It's also cool, I think, like to get you and Jim's uh, takes on things because sometimes like uh, I know that like you guys just have a better head for this continuity and stuff. Kind of like how like Jim caught the you know Astro City like nod. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know that. It's a curse, you know Raven. <laughs> well, listen, your curse is my blessing because I I like that. I like I like having extra brains to like bring me in on shit that I would miss. On the so, other on the other side, though, it's also fun talking to people that are in the you know artists and and writers and stuff like that, and and getting your perspective on things and. You know, just talking about this month in and month out, you just get an appreciation for things like the lettering and design choices that you just probably wouldn't really dwell on as much. You know what I mean? Like when you're actually sitting for an hour talking about things, you just notice things that you kind of glaze over. But, you know, they really subliminally make an impact, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Well, thank you, Peter. I mean, honestly, really legit. Thank you. We hope we do hear from you regularly. Um, we got a f- interesting topic for people who don't want to tell us if uh, Eric should have skipped issue twelve. <laughs> got a, got a new f- interesting topic, Jim. You want to take that one? Sure. Uh, we're you know being the thirtieth anniversary image. We figured we'd do something related. So we're asking, what's your favorite image-related memory slash experience slash series from the last 30 years? It does not necessarily have to be Savage Dragon-related. Uh, 
Now, granted, for a lot of us, Savage Dragon is quite intertwined with our memories of Image Comics and our experiences, but, you know, don't think that has to, it has to be relevant to Dragon. We really just want to hear any story you might have about Image Comics. Um, me, personally, um, I avoided Image Comics like the plague uh, for much of my youth. I thought it was gross and disgusting. I didn't want anything to do with that filth. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in 2001, I discovered my folly. And discovered there was at least one good comic. But I've discovered over time that many were actually pretty good, actually. You know. Um, my, uh, I don't know if I've actually told this story. I probably have. Uh, but the way I got into Image is kind of weird. Um, so, I was a Marvel zombie. I was primarily reading Marvel comics in 2001. I had only just gotten out of... I just graduated high school, and I had a car in my first job and I was on, I was living on my own actually uh, through a series of events. So, well, not on my own. I was living with my grandparents, but my parents were out of state and I was on my own going to, uh, going to a community college anyway. So I go in to pick up my usual comics and on the shelf is a book called Electropolis uh, by a guy named uh, Dean motor. Uh, yeah. And it has this retro future look to it. And it was like something I'd never, ever seen before. And mm-hmm. it just spoke to me. And so I grabbed it off the shelf and I bought it. And I discovered, huh, this is pretty good. And it wasn't published by Marvel Comics. How could that be? <laughs> and basically, I went a little crazy. And I said, hmm, if one book is good, perhaps all books are good. Uh <laughs> So I started buying a lot of, let's generously call it shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because generously. because l- late, late 90s, early 2000s image, there were some iffy books. Oh, yeah. But I did eventually get my hands on, first, I got Noble Causes by Jay Faber, and that was exceptional. And it kind of... Uh, scratch that superhero itch I still had because I was still I'm I still was and still am into superhero story stuff. Sure. And Noble Causes was good and I saw a copy of Savage Dragon 189 and I look at it and it's the cover that has Savage Dragon and Neutron Bob on it. Uh it's it's during the uh sorry, not 189. Whoops. Issue uh actually wait, not even that. It was issue 89. Yeah. It was issue 89, and as, a, as the cover was Dragon and Neutron Bob, and I look at it and go, hmm, I recall watching the Savage Dragon cartoon briefly when I was a child. That was shit. <laughs> and so I did not buy that issue of Savage Dragon. Uh, a few weeks later, there was another issue of Savage Dragon on the shelf, and it had an all-black cover with Frank and Dragon standing over a grave, and, Al- and, and Frank saying, Alex is dead, Dragon, and you killed her. And I go, huh? I remember Alex <laughs> That's a great from that cartoon. I remember Alex from that cartoon show. I hated. <laughs> I wonder why she's dead. And so I bought that issue. Nice. Because of that mystery. That's a great cover too. It was to, a, to very pull you in. very striking. Uh, and at that point, I was basically off to the races because I bought that, and then I started buying up the trade paperbacks for the original run, and. Basically, never stopped buying Savage Dragon, and that's my story. I'd I'd like to hear your guys' um, kind of 
in the past 30 years, maybe like three, four, five series that other than Dragon that you really enjoyed? Like your favorite image series? Oh, I can do that. Let's see here. Yeah, easy. <laughs> so many good ones. Yeah. So just it's not easy though. Like pick pick four or five. You want all time because all time's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all time. All Other right, than so Dragon, Astro City, number one with a bullet. Jack Staff, easy. Ooh, good. Nice. One. That's a good one. Um, stuff recently. Maestros, really good. Extremity, exceptional. Um, I like Extremity. Um, Saga. Saga's a great comic. Nice. Raven? Um, you know, I know these are going to sound weird, but they're just the things that come to my head. Um, I loved uh, Butcher Baker, Righteous Maker. Man, nice. I, I was thinking about that comic just the other day. just popped into my head. I haven't read it in years. It, it just had a cool. It, it just had a cool. And it had a great art style. Um, glory comes to mind. Oh, man. That the, fact that's one, out, yeah. the fact that that's out of print sucks. I know. Yeah. I'm pissed that I sold my... Yeah, run. and now it's locked in a vault. Um, Officer Down. Yeah, uh, good one. I just, it's a really, like, uh, to me... Visually, it, like, insane. Chris Burnham. I mean, it just put him yeah. on my radar like fucking crazy. And it just really, like, just slammed my guts out my ass with fucking crazy... Like, how crazy <laughs> a one-shot could be, right? Yeah. He's got was, that, like, Jeff Darrow detail, too. Yes. Like, yeah, and and just crazy concepts too. Like just this guy's just fucking get like murdered, like brutally murdered, and then just resurrected by like men- mental powers, and it was just so fucking good. Um, yeah. Let's see. I did Glory Butcher Baker. I just Maker. Um, dude, I've just bought so many image. Like, here's the thing: is like, image the company. I have followed like image titles. Uh, just so much and i bought so many different yeah. image titles and, and they're not all good and there's so many we're not even like going to the obvious ones like invincible right. or walking right. dead or right like i kind of like i kind of want to like avoid like the obvious ones but yeah. obviously i did love invincible and walking I, dead i had to put invincible invincible on my list because i snapped up every spinoff every invincible mm. you know if it wasn't it was so up my alley because oh, that, I love Savage that peri- Dragon. That period of like the early 2000s to mid-2000s when Kirkman was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much excitement. And even yeah. the stuff he didn't do, like Fire Breather. And... Yeah, I forgot about Fire Breather. I have um, Godland, which I love. Tom Scholey, Joe Casey. Remember uh, Brandon Graham's Prophet, which was amazing. Oh, I that's really awesome. enjoyed yep. that. Oh yeah, uh, Orkstain, uh, Stokoe's. Oh man, oh my god! Remember Orkstain? Yep, yep. yep. Orkstain. Um, I love. I mean, I don't know if this really counts, but when when Mike Alred brought Madman to Image and he started doing some real crazy layout stuff in that comic, which there's is a, insane. There's a bunch of like transitionary ones that like would come to Image and go like Madman and Bone. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and here's the thing: is if if that's at what put it on your radar, then that counts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was an image book to you. And the, the fear agent issues with Tony Moore are, are mind-blowing for me. Um, but, yeah, those are some of my favorite. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say uh, early Gen 13. 
Okay. Yeah. I actually yeah. bought I actually bought like the first twenty five issues of that. They're sitting in a box. I should probably read some of that at some point. I feel like here's the thing is that it just hit me um, as like just the right age. I was a teenager. They were teenagers. It was just like the probably the only time really like that kind of shit worked on me. Right. Like normally normally that stuff is just like I totally was like I would just see it and instantly know what it was and be like, nah. But like something about Gen 13, like all the heroes were old and these characters were new characters, but they were like my age and it didn't hurt that like, you know, of course there were sexy characters and then it like, it doesn't hurt. It was drawn by J Scott Campbell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, here's the thing is like to me, there's a reason why I specified early Gen 13 is because like, I mean, I think that's the best he ever was. Yeah. You know, oh shit. But then there's like danger girl. Mm-hmm. That was probably the best he ever was, Danger Girl. That's right. he only I think that series only was six issues long too, Danger Girl. It's, it's very short. Very short, but amazing quality. Like just I'm saying, like it's it's all killer, no filler. Like it's really good. Um I don't know. I mean that's I've said my character. I've yeah, said my There's picks, a lot. We we but, could keep going. I mean, I'm thinking of so many things I forgot, but I you know for the sake of time and stuff and I, to leave I, some to our listeners. Right. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about it. I mean, it's the 30th anniversary. We got all year to do this. Yeah. Was automatic Kafka an image book? Oh, geez. I that name. So. Let me take a look real quick. Oh, Kafka. Um, no, that didn't bring up anything. Comic book series Wildstorm. Oh, yeah. it was Wildstorm in 2002, which would have been a DC. No, oh, I, DC. I, well, I, there you go. I'm pretty sure DC uh, Wildstorm has been sold to DC by then. But what's so funny is that, like, I mean, I just saw the Wildstorm and and bought it because of Wildstorm. So I, I didn't even care at that point. But like, man, it's just like it's crazy what like an impact in my life fucking image comics did like it's kind of shitty to put it up there but like to this day like if you see that image eye on the mm-hmm. cover of an indie book you kind of know that it like got vetted for quality you're not in for some like you know fish police shit like it's gonna be good you know so what I'm saying? i i've been spending a few months making fun of fish police and every time i do people come back to me and say fish police really actually good read fish Hold police I know the art fucking sucked, so... Uh, I forgot about that comic. You just, like, pulled that out of, like, some dusty crevice of... Well, I, I find I find fish police <laughs> issues in the dollar bins I dig through all the time, and I, I, I keep uh, telling myself, yeah. no, I'm not desperate enough yet. <laughs> Bro, that's the reason right why I said that. dinosaurs for hire. Yes, goddamn, now, yes. Now I'll buy dinosaurs for hire comics when I find them, especially the ones that were published by uh, before Malibu. And, and Badger... <laughs> Do you know that comic uh, of Badger that's shaped like his head? Vaguely. <laughs> I see Fish Police, Dinosaurs for Hire, and that comic, Badger, that's shaped like his head. <laughs> so much, dude. There must have been a million of them. At yeah. any rate, I know we got off track there, but holy cow. Fish Police was just fish one, police. one of the original like Ninja Turtle knockoffs, and apparently it was one of the better ones. Thing is it like got a TV I, show. I think <laughs> not every image book was good i've bought some real dud image books i, I could but... talk about doll factory and gear station 
image got real kind of weird for a while, <laughs> but but uh, I, I, I do think overall, if you see a book has a, the image eye on it, for the most part, especially recently, yeah, now, I feel like you're in for absolutely. a good time. Yeah, the last twenty just, years uh, in particular, late nineties image got weird. <laughs> Who was responsible for that? Valentino? Was it Valentino's I, I fault? Guess some of it, but <laughs> I guess we'll I'm have teasing. to check out Valentino's history timeline of the image universe to find out. <laughs> Warts and all. Uh, yeah, listeners, I mean, you saw we just like totally nerded out like crazy over we'll, image series and stuff. Like, we'll please. Nerd, we'll do it again. Yeah, write us, write us, and tell us your yeah, nerd out image for us. <laughs> Let us know. So, real quick, quick question for you before we start: Did do Fish it. Police have mm. issues through Marvel Comics? I think they were published through Epic briefly, yeah, along with like Elf Quest and shit. All right, that's all I need to know. I just saw maybe, a maybe not I didn't though know if it was fake or not. Uh, yeah, Marvel was doing all kinds of weird shit, dude. Like, so it wouldn't surprise me. As I've been deep diving more and more, I've been discovering Epic Comics published a lot of different comics in the brief time it existed. It's kind of nuts. Dude, I didn't know that they were, like, responsible for the first issue of Martial Law. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, think think how weird that is. Mm-hmm. Here's this Judge Dredd ripoff that's, like, all about killing superheroes. <laughs> P.S. Published by Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's. If you know anything about Pat Mills, it is a very strange marriage. <laughs> it's weird as shit, dude. All right, I think we need to get this train moving. Yeah, I'm starving. You know what I haven't had in two months? Mm, I think Meat I and know. potatoes. So. Meat and potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> and on the cover, we have meat and potatoes. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Dragon, the meat, and Malcolm, the potatoes. <laughs> Small fry down there, all low on his own cover. Is Crash. it me or is it different, like, cardstock on this? Oh, I wouldn't know. Or cover stock. All, all mine feel like glass. <laughs> Could be. Did you guys? It feels different. It doesn't, like, what's funny is, okay, so they did change printers, right? And a lot of people were talking about the change in the paper. I couldn't really tell a difference. It I mean, has like, it, uh, hasn't smoother? Has, hasn't image paper been kind of shitty for a while? Has it like wrinkly? Like it gets like wrinkly and like humidity. I will tell you one thing: is that like, dude, I'm not one of those guys who like the comic print. Like he leaves fingerprints on comics. But mm. for the last, like, I feel like two years, I thought like I was going to change a life or something. I was like, are my hands hot? Like, what's going on? Like, I feel like ink comes off on my fucking fingers all the time. I'll tell you what. My issues for the past couple months have been coming in all banged up. I don't know if it's the distributor or what. But our comic shop's been having a hard time keeping their copies in good condition. For Image Comics? Because yeah. Image Comics are still it's coming through. It's not Penguin. I know it's yeah, still it, Diamond. It, right? Image is still Diamond. Uh, Penguin and whatever the other company is. For Marvel, or DC rather, yeah. The only image comic I have within arm's reach is I. I you'll you'll appreciate this, Raven. I found a copy of a tomahawk in a bin somewhere. 
I bought it. Oh my god! Wait, a tomahawk? I appreciate that. I love that comic too. <laughs> a tomahawk is co- no joke. One of my favorite image memories from the last thirty years. I'm not even fucking joking. Yeah, I god. don't. Buy, I don't. As you all know, I don't buy a lot of print comics, but I found this for cover price, and you know, it's pretty cool. That's a good comic. Crossover had that atomic hawk uh, tomahawk uh, variant cover, which is pretty freaking cool too. Oh, that's good shit, dude. Oh my goodness. Um, this paper. I, the only thing I'll say about it, it didn't feel all that different to me, but dude, it smells crazy chemically. Mm. <laughs> like it has a chemical smell, dude. That's yeah. That that's that that's that physical media stench that everyone <laughs> loves so much. It definitely say, feels a lot glossier. Like yeah, it, it looks glossier. Thin. I don't know, kind of thin, but like also glossy. It's weird. Yeah, maybe I'll go to the comic shop tomorrow and feel up all our comics. See what you feel like. <laughs> I don't hate it, but it just doesn't like strike me one I, I way or the, the other. I think yep. the colors look great on it. Agreed, dude. I think the colors look fantastic. You know what? Uh, Nikos is loving that one. So let's talk about this uh, first page. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, okay. You know my opinions about Faco, but this is pretty funny. <laughs> Dumbest uh, kid. <laughs> Can you so imagine yeah, that, being, <laughs> being psyched? There's, yeah. you know, is Mako with a wall of blood. Blood's pouring out of his mouth, and this kid's like excited because he thinks it's King Shark from Suicide Squad. Obviously, <laughs> right. you know your favorite, you know, R-rated children's movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know that's a bad parent. It's. Yeah. Well, he gets what he deserves. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, um, so obviously this is commentary on King Shark and Mako kind of being the original. Um, Shark Man? At least I think he is, right? Well, About one year. Y- yes. And, and, of course, the, the, the version of King Shark in the movie doesn't look very much like his original appearance in the comics. He looks a lot more like Mako. Yeah, I think originally King Shark King Shark looked like a king shark, which is a type of shark, and now he looks like a great white, which is what Mako. Well, Mako's a Mako shark, but you know, the shark look. Right. So I was listening to, and I don't know if you'd call it a podcast, a, a, a comic lounge show. It's a, it's a YouTube show. With, uh, the host was interviewing Eric Larson from a January twenty first uh, post. And uh, Eric, they were talking about, I guess, Mako. And Eric mentioned something I kind of thought was really funny. And probably the whole reason why Mako's back is because of King Shark, uh, where Eric was kind of, like, annoyed that, you know, Mm -hmm. King Shark is out and, you know, Mako was there first. And on the interview, Eric's like, well, maybe I jumped the gun by having Mako come back because... You know, the Suicide Squad stuff didn't really make as big of a splash. And so it's kind of (laughs) now he's stuck with this Mako character and making a deal of it. And it's not even that big a deal because the movie didn't really go over that well. Ah, well, but but the Suicide Squad is the best DCU movie by miles and miles. 
And the rumor is is that King Shark might be set up for a solo film. Oh, I'm sure he is, actually. Cause yep. Has, That's a big rumor. I mean, if Peacemaker can get one. Yep. Which is also a really good show, by the way. Because here's the thing, is the DC, they want to do that reverse Avengers thing where they yeah. have a group movie and then they spin off solo films from it. Makes sense. And And Peacemaker got his HBO Max series, so rumor has it, King Shark's next. Oh, jeez. Yep. And you've already got Harley Quinn as a solo film, so there's no reason to not try to do it. So maybe Eric didn't jump the gun because uh kind of get the feeling we're in for a King Shark, at least HBO Max show. Right. That would be kind of weird. People loved King Shark, dude. P- people love these kind of <laughs> characters, Craig. It's it's what they're into. Blood, love blood King lovable, Shark. bloodthirsty monsters. Well, I gotta like say, I do maker. love my Mako, so I guess I kind of get it. Now me, I'm not I was bad. laughing this whole. I was I'm laughing not, this whole sequence. Oh, it's great! It's wonderful. Why, why aren't are you? you why aren't you laughing? I think it's awesome, dude. And it's a funny segue into, uh, um, bro, Malcolm deep throating mm. that hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and look how distressed the guy in front of him is. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Wow, he's all throat. Malcolm's the throat goat. I don't understand why Malcolm doesn't like hockey. Hockey's fun. You know, um, the, be- the best part about hockey is that when you get penalized, you get removed from the game. Like, no other sport does that. Mm-hmm. Where, you, where you have power plays. Can you imagine if football and basketball did that? It'd be so much better. I probably hockey. wouldn't like hockey if I had to watch the Maple Leafs either. Well, honestly. okay. To be fair, <laughs> yes. See, I hate, I don't follow hockey, but I know the Ma- the Maple Leafs. This uh, this page kind of uh, shows Malcolm a little bit uh, discontent with Canada, which is kind of like you mm-hmm. know, gotta wonder like, is that I, planting the seeds or? Well, clearly, what he needs to do is get into curling because curling is the sport of kings. <laughs> Are you joking? I love. I grew up on curling. We had we got what? Canada. No, we you got, didn't. You we did got, not. Did you? I, I lived I lived on the border. We so story time, Jim. Story time. <laughs> we lived we lived on the border, so we got Canada stations. Uh, across the river and every winter you turn it over to the uh, Canada channel and there'd be curling and I loved watching curling it looks amazing I wish I could play wow it, it's so cool haven't you ever played those games in bars where you, well no you're a teetotaler you probably don't yeah. go to bars uh, there's, do a, shit. There, there's a game in, in many bars or at least there used to be where you have this long wooden table that you slide these metal pucks across a little metal disc yeah yeah and you just That's shoot more like shuffleboard yeah exactly it's shuffleboard but on ice it's amazing <laughs> yeah you just gotta squeegee like the ice back and forth or whatever yeah but <laughs> the guy with the freaking puck that's the guy i want to be you know you talk to a guy for 10 years you think you know him pretty good right and then you realize for Olympic uh, curler. <laughs> yeah, you realize you don't know shit. Curling rules don't let anyone tell you different. I, I'm shocked. Uh, I just want to appreciate that everybody uh, in this crowd has unique masks. It's not something not something you really have to do, you know. But right. like, 
if if you walk around you in real life, everybody has different masks. Just kind of it's kind of a nice little touch. Make it your own. Yeah. We got Maxine back to her old self. Love it. Got to you got to understand. She's watching Malcolm deep throat that dog. She's getting ideas. Can't believe how Guys. Quick, quick he goes off though. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is, man, a wet blanket Malcolm, this whole issue, turning down turning down fun left and right. I mean, he's been like this for a while. He is not into this, and I can appreciate that. He it's hates fun. His... Yeah, kind of weird to get a blowjob in the middle of a hockey it, game. Th- it's really awkward. Oh, f- give me a break. Like, you'd say <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? You guys acting all tough. Intimacy, Raven. It's about intimacy. If you were hot to trot, Asian wife fucking gave you the, hey, guess what's happening now? I don't think you would pull a Malcolm Dragon and pull her off. I don't think you would. Uh-uh. It's one thing It's one thing to say it on this podcast. It's another thing to do it in real life, and I don't think you would. What sporting event would you? No. Curling? Curling? <laughs> yes, curling. As I watch intently. <laughs> Jim's just like sweating as he looks at the guy with the thing. That's going to be me. <laughs> let's talk about, uh, speaking of, let's talk about Roughneck. Hey, Roughneck, it's good to see you again. <laughs> it's been a one. I mean, you've been around lately. You've actually, you're one of like the heavies of the vicious circle right now. And pretty, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, you got into a fight with Canadian not mm-hmm. that long ago. Um, vicious circle villains never use the door. Oh, no. God, no. That's how you know you mean business. This is a nice place, too, ruining that penthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but It's a darts old pad. Yeah, darts dead, though. Power vacuum time. That means everyone's coming through the walls. Dude, his disrespect for Barry. Is fucking, not Barry, but whatever the kid's fucking well, name is. He, we've established in recent times that he is very much a uh, chauvinist. Which makes sense. Look at the guy. It's just hilarious. I'm just saying, backhanding a kid. <laughs> what a jerk. Fuck. Beat it, brat. Because he doesn't have uh, Mako's strength yet. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. It's a, it's a crazy relationship that, like, Insect's been building now. Like, just like a motherly figure, which I just don't know where Eric's going to go with this. But she seems to be actually into it, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to have... It doesn't seem too much of an act for her. It's cool to have not everyone in the vicious circle be, like, completely, relentlessly awful. Yeah. Bros, Malcolm's face in panel one... There's a lot of good faces (laughs) in this issue. There's a lot of good faces, but Malcolm's face in panel one... Hilarious. Uh, we learned that Maxine's uh, off the couch. Off the couch and on a stick. Do we see a little sideways monkey mouth going on in that first <laughs> panel? We do, dude. Yes. <laughs> sideways <laughs> monkey mouth. It's classic. It's a Craig classic. Um, it's just... It's, I, I, I guess Maxine's over her problems or 
because I wouldn't or say not. she's o I wouldn't say she's overcompensating because she's always like this. I don't know. I, I, I think that like like if there's anything to witness, it's that Malcolm's like on top of it. Yeah. Like you know what? Here's the thing. All right, so here's the dynamic. I get it that there's gonna be that Savage Dragon fan who hates Maxine. And he reads this issue and he's like, like Maxine's your old self or, oh, this again or whatever else. But the dynamic that I think you should pay attention to is that Malcolm doesn't just go along. Like he, in early issues, Malcolm kind of just like, okay, <laughs> like every day, dude, wet blanket Malcolm, dude, like well, he, he's over it. He's the adult in the room, which right. is a nice dynamic because Dragon was kind of like the ladies' man and always just kind of like everyone rolling their eyes because he was reckless and stuff. So Malcolm's a little, a lot different, which Mal I think Mal is pretty cool. Malcolm is square. Yeah, I, I think that's a cool, and again, it's a kind of a change. Like, I think it's kind of an interesting, like, character development because again you know younger malcolm just was super down he was down for anything not not older malcolm here <laughs> His like the, pa the panel the, on the, the page where she's dancing on the table at the bar and like everybody's looking at her and he's just like holding his head like <laughs> god damn <laughs> this is gonna be a viral video Yeah, I, I I keep wondering what where this is going, or if it's just this is just what life is like, and it will always be like this. Seems that way. Yeah, I don't think it. Yeah, like doesn't I don't think it needs doesn't need to go anywhere exactly. It can just be this is Maxine and Malcolm's relationship. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that necessarily it's building towards anything other than to show that Malcolm has changed. Like Malcolm is on top of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I th like there's your development It's like Maxine hasn't changed and I don't know really if you should change her I mean if Maxine suddenly became a square that'd be pretty lame but to have Malcolm kind of like grow up a bit I don't know it's cool I like it it's a good solution to the Maxine problem finger quotes because you get to still have Maxine be fun but you get to have Ma uh, Malcolm show character development you know Man. who also has cool character development? Uh, samurai. Goddamn samurai. Man, she's cool. <laughs> she is cool, dude. I like it. Kicking some fucking ass in this I one. love when Roughneck gets his head pounded and he's got the bolts that fly out and then they magically appear. Oh, uh, they grow back. He's you know, the I, weirdest character. I know we keep saying, we've said this before, but he's so strange. He I want is. you to take... I'm so sorry to interrupt. I want you to take a look at his forehead. Yeah. In that panel where he's getting kicked. Do yeah. you see that he actually has like thread? Hole hole. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the thread in his meat. I don't think we ever got like an origin for him. Like, is he a Johnny Redbeard creation or is he just a I think guy? It was just Eric kind of teasing Dave Johnson design. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Said he was going to make the ultimate Dave Johnson character. So, so the weird thing about him besides everything is like he he wears the red white and the the, <laughs> yeah, the, the patriotic pants <laughs> but the thing is he wears the patriotic pants but he's got like the english flag on his face cuz that's just the the red the red cross uh well, what's so yeah. funny is i was shocked to learn that like uh he was a a poke at uh, dave johnson 
Because when I saw him and didn't know any better, I thought it was a poke at Hellshock. Who's Hellshock? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jay Lee's. The Jay Lee character, but I think he was out before that. Well, I mean, yeah, I know that now. <laughs> well, I think why Roughneck is you know so memorable is just because he kind of fills that role of being a tough head, tough guy meathead just yeah. so well. And he's just made so many appearances. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He's good background filler he's good to have in a fight scene you know he can punch up with dragon and generally not get killed he's just kind of a good all-around character to just have around as like a fish circle flunky yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, we get uh malcolm bringing party girl home (laughs) you know you know what's funny on the, the panel when he's bringing her home is like the the shorthand for like the tv turning off but (laughs) <laughs> TVs don't really do do that anymore. No, so that's like the, younger kids will never know what that means. It's kind of right. funny. That's it's also like, a really I mean, square TV too. It's <laughs> TVs aren't shaped like that either. Yeah, it Malcolm is, doesn't watch a lot of TV. I guess like my kids will never know what that shorthand means. Like, what the hell is that? God, Craig, that's so funny. You pointed that out, dude. I I wouldn't have thought that. Like, I saw that and I just knew what it was and didn't yeah, even think about it. You figure does, but. God, that's hilarious. You can hear that. Pictures you can pictures you can hear. Yeah, it makes it pew. That old pew. CRT tube. Bro, we were on uh we were online and somebody was like it was a pixel artist. And uh a lot of pixel artists, you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. A lot of pixel artists, they uh like the way the old CRT TVs looked. Like with yeah. pixel art over them, so they'll they'll emulate those scan lines to kind of make their pixel art look like CRT TVs. So they use a CRT filter, right? <laughs> well, somebody jumped in the comments and like, well, I don't know what critical race theory has to do with this. Oh like, no! <laughs> but dude, <laughs> that's the comedy. Is he was too young to you know, know. cathode ray tube was <laughs> yeah i was like a uh, cathode ray tube aka old television <laughs> he just he he didn't know what a fucking crt tv is i was like we oh, were that's funny we were in a hotel last summer and uh my in-laws were in another room and they called our room like it has like the real telephone and my daughter didn't know how to answer it <laughs> she's like didn't know where to speak into yeah, where's the where's the green button? Where's the? Yeah, she was just lost. I had to laugh. Well, that's right because <laughs> smartphones don't have speakers; they're like integrated. Right. Yeah, it, it, she never used like a real telephone. Think think how primitive. Like, you know, here's a little speaker that goes to your ear, and then a little microphone that goes to your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Malcolm's got the old TV. So I like their I like their relationship. I think Malcolm and Maxine have a great relationship, and I like having Paul, uh, Paul and Alex around as just like babysitters and like they're 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 good background characters. You know what I mean? With his bionic, twinkie fingers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bro, how funny is this segue? That like he he just like gets smashed out onto the fucking car. And then just starts another fight. Talk, oh, Roughneck getting... <laughs> yeah. You're talking about Roughneck? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Walks just right like, into him. 
just like he he was getting his ass beat and then just immediately gets up and just winds up in another different completely different fight. Mako's just there. Mm-hmm. Punching him in the back of the head after he just fell how many stories? It's classic. It's good shit, dude. And in addition to getting his screws knocked loose, now he's losing molars. They grow back, right? Everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah. Did we know his name was Millhouse? Or is that... I think, I think we so, did. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying we I nominate... about him being a serial killer. Yeah. I, I nominate that for the name of this ish episode. <laughs> oh, I, 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 got, I got a name already. Oh, yeah? Uh-oh. Yeah. Say it or we won't remember it. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh no! Dude. I thought I thought of it. I thought of it a few minutes ago, oh. and now you brought it up, and now I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had it. <laughs> oh right, yeah, the secret origin of curling. Secret origin of curling. Oh my goodness. Um, Mako just beating the shit out of him. I, I love it, dude. I love that he's not giving him any respect uh, just because he's Mako. Yeah, <laughs> like he's like I'm the new Mako, and he's like whatever Millhouse. It's so good, dude. Interesting that apparently he had powers when he was the executioner. I assume yeah, he was he just was a part pun- of the vicious circle. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that presumes you have superpowers. I guess yeah, I just thought he was freak. just a. I thought he was just a bad Punisher ripoff. <laughs> yeah, was, he was a freak because he had like a skull emblem and like was a serial killer. He must have been a freak of some kind. So little did he matter that we don't even know what his powers <laughs> yeah, were. I'm not going to go on that rant. I already talked about it once, but yeah, not a fan. Um, although, it, although, although I will say, you're right, Craig. The fact that he was a, such a blank slate makes him really dull. But here, though, they're at least using that as well, like, part of like the banner, part of the conflict. Is that yeah. no, one, no one respects him. Roughneck doesn't respect him yeah, at all. Here, even even though he is functionally Mako now, Roughneck still just doesn't give a shit about him. Does not, because he's he, he considers him a nobody. Now Roughneck, of course, is an egomaniac, but you know at least they acknowledge the fact that he's a nobody, or at least yeah. was a nobody. He's gonna care real soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, um, dudes. Real quick question on Angel uh, and Frank Junior. You know, leaving or whatever. Uh. I just as I was reading this, didn't Angel kind of have baby fever for a minute? For a minute, yep. Did, was that ever like officially, you know, waved away, or are we well, just like forgetting that? Like she, only, wanted Jack she wanted Jack back, right? She wanted yeah, Jack she, to well, she wanted Jack to know he was his, uh, she was his mother. And did she also want Jack back though? I don't, oh, I don't know. think she went that far. I think she was just okay. kind of, um, and I know I think part of being with Frank is. To take care of his daughter. Right. So, I don't know. But she was being a real asshole for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's, it's kind of like just seeing her just chilling around, like, in a, like, robe or whatever. It's kind of like, huh. And you're talking about moving like it's no big deal, but it's like, man, you were kind of a bitch there for a hot minute. Well, it's part of the, the, the real-time nature of the book, I guess, is just that, you know, time has passed. And she let it go. She either she's let it go or she's playing the long con. 
Mm. All right. Just curious how you guys felt about that. Uh, maybe she that goes nugget. Maybe she hasn't gone back to the U.S. yet because she's going to steal him away. Steal Jack. <laughs> That'd be a fucked up little twist. Drive, drive them both directly into the St. Lawrence. Frank's bowling or something. He's kidnapping Jack. <laughs> Dude, what's what's with Samurai's speech that she keeps repeating? But there's a hierarchy, a chain of command. Like I think she it's says it twice. In there. Well, she. I think she's about all about order, and she considers herself to be in second command under Dart. And so, basically, in order for her to express her um, her authority, she has to express to everyone else that the chain of command matters, and it matters to me. Yeah, she's also about to climb that chain of command. Oh yeah, she wants to be the boss, so she needs so, to. She needs. Her plan is basically to reiterate the fact that she is second command. Dart is gone. I'm the boss. That's how it yeah. works. So everyone else needs to get in line, or are going to get tossed out of building like Roughneck. Yeah, you can I, see she's kind of establishing a pecking order, like even before she makes her announcement. Like, kicking Revneck's ass and then beating the shit out of Insect. Like, she's letting people know, hey, dude, I'm the muscle. And I think she wants she wants Insect to, like, be her second command, but Insect's priorities have changed, and so she's got to lay down the law on Insect now. I love how, like, the two main, like, Vicious Circle female villains both have, like, full face masks. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is. I, hope, I really hope that, like, underneath, like, Samurai's mask is some just hideous, like, melted face or something. Like, some hot body with, like, just a, a mask with a breathing apparatus because she's just, like, horribly disfigured. And we get, like, some kind of close-up panel on it. <laughs> Craig's rooting for the butterface. No, nah, she just wears this for COVID. I don't think I don't think Insect wears a mask. I think that's just what she looks like. You think she's just like a robot head? I think she's just a common writer. Yeah, that's cool. I'd be cool with that too. <laughs> that's just her face. I think it is just again. It's so funny to hear everybody like being like stupid brat, half breed, like talking so much shit about Billy. It's Billy. Oh, Bi- Bi- that's gonna bite Samurai in the ass. Billy's gonna like knock her head off one of these days. Yeah, when his powers kick in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the panel, how Samurai just flips Insect. Like, Eric could have just gone for the quick punch or sl- backhand or something, but I love the the whole, like, flip over ram. It is cool. Um, we're getting to see Samurai kick a lot of ass, and, you know, Dart was kind of like this acrobatic, like, ass kicker. Yep. So it kind of makes a lot of sense that Samurai would also be, like, you know, like an like the big kick to roughneck and then flipping insect like it kind of makes sense that she'd be acrobatic too. Yeah. Well, don't don't forget, Dart was kind of putting together like an all female leadership thing. That was kind of the thing she was going for, mm-hmm. and clearly Samurai wants to maintain that. Right. I don't know that she does, and we'll talk about it when we get to that panel. Yeah, I gotta say one thing art wise, I love when Eric does the heavy line weights, like the big chunky inks. Oh the yeah. Last couple of panels here, like Samurai's leg and stuff like that. It's it looks so good, mm-hmm. especially with Nico's colors. It's just good stuff. Yeah, we're gonna praise the balls off of Nico's coloring here in a minute. There's a panel where I'm just like, God damn, dudes! This this like 
huge shot of her getting the shot uh, in her tongue. Yeah. That is fucking hilarious. Yep. Who's that? Who is that? It's not, is that Amy? I think it's gotta Amy. Amy. Gotta be Amy, right? Maddie's the little one. Yeah. God, so funny, dude. So funny. She's definitely her got her... Oh, wait. I was going to say she had her mother's mouth, but Angel was the one who had the giant mouth when she was a baby. Yeah. yeah. We've seen Maxine do big mouth, too, though. Like when she does the cartoon big mouth. But it is yeah, hilarious that that they have to go through the tongue because they can't penetrate the skin. <laughs> and no, no, and, and nobody thought this through. <laughs> that Wald and Wang thought it would be a good publicity stunt. It's like, dude, mm, don't they have healing factors? <laughs> mm. Yeah, they, they probably don't even need it. it yeah, because he, he did say it was just kind of like a promotional thing to get other kids to get their their shots. It took me a minute to realize the cameraman behind her ear had on one of those clear face masks. Yeah, I thought it was like some like superhero mask or something. <laughs> right. Like I thought it was reverse. I thought the mask was everything else, like covering his eyes and stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's just another another nice little touch. Bros, talk about Eric using the comic for a sounding board. <laughs> oh yeah, this page. This- and yet, it is hilarious because if anybody was going to get COVID, I mean, come on, it'd it would be Hortus, would right? have to be Hortus. <sighs> that panel of Hortus sick in the bed. And you know, it makes sense not... Because you know Rex would be an anti-vaxxer, despite the fact that he's like a genius super scientist. Because okay. he's also a conservative asshole. And always was. Mm -hmm. So I guess he rubbed off on Hortus in their time together. Probably thought she didn't need it. You know? She also seems... I mean, she's kind of a dimwit, so... Yeah, that's right. She also would... She would probably watch a lot of Fox News because she just watches a lot of TV. (laughs) Oh, we're getting getting polarizing. (laughs) I can can Uh, hear listeners getting scared. But this is an interesting page just because, you know, he dedicates an entire page to this conversation and he packs mm-hmm. it in uh, presumably I assume for sharing around the internet because I've seen this page shared around a bit since Have it came you? out yeah a few times now okay. granted a few of those are negative comments commenting about how much words were packed in now gr- oh. and, and granted that was you know the intent right he should just uh, keep politics out of his comic and there's definitely that a- aspect and I won't. This page is good. This page is clearly sets out to have a goal and explain the goal and meets the goal. I just think it also. I think it needs to be said for absolute certain because you know Eric's puts his views into his comics and I think that's important. I just find it really weird that it's Lightning Girl who's like the one Malcolm's talking to about this. I just, I don't know. I mean, her character it's isn't a, really strongly defined yet, but it's just... Such it's a, his family member. Yeah. I mean, he thinks of her as like a sister or whatever. Yeah, they talk a lot, like in the past issues. Yeah, I mean, it kind of kind of makes more sense to me to have him have this conversation with her than with, like, Barbaric. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and I guess I, I guess her 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 skepticism based upon, you know, history makes sense. Bro, just, listen, I'm just gonna say that like I had this same conversation with two different friends. Oh yeah, where they like, where, where, yes, where they talked about the Tuskegee thing, and I had to tell them. I was like, look, dude, that's fucked up. It was almost the same thing. I'm just saying, I literally lived this conversation. Oh. Like, yes, like for real. And I'm and just I, saying, I guess, like, I guess I, that was my trepidation about this page is that, no, dude, is this, it, is this a realistic conversation? Would yes, this happen? Dude. Apparently the answer is yes. So, okay. I, I, I had this conversation a minimum of twice, maybe more, but like for sure, literally the words Tuskegee got dropped like at least twice in my life. I can think of, I think more than that, but like, I know two people right off the top of my head that I 100% had to have this conversation with literally they were like, well, remember the Tuskegee? And I was like, yes, that's the thing is, is like, you can't fuck this up. You can't argue that that wasn't fucked up, but like also this is medicine. So, you know, it's, you can't, you can't necessarily, you can't really compare the two things. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a realistic conversation. Like I literally had this conversation. Can I just say one thing with Sarah? I, I love her design. It's one of my favorite recent designs. It's simple, but it looks great. It, she looks like a modern, like a, what a modern rapture would come. You must mean like. Marsha. I mean Marsha, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, Lightning Girl. Yes. I just think that's it's such a great take on like a, a modern day rapture. Agreed. Yeah, she looks awesome. Even just here in this panel. Like, I, I like her boots. Yeah, like he, Every time, like you, yeah, something. me too. Like, it just, it's very simple, but with the, I think the boots make it. I don't know. He just, he just draws her very well. Like it's always a good panel when she's in it. You hit the nail right on the head. It's like iconic. Like it's simple, but it's totally memorable. Um, question for you guys, if. Uh, Sarah dies like who takes care of her kid Uh, I would say probably uh, Barbaric and Ricochet follow up question Um, (laughs) her kid's still not (laughs) like you have the kid at the at the side of the bed we still haven't seen her kid in so long yeah it's crazy Gary feels like drawing it it's it's one of the mysteries that is killing me. <laughs> one of the Savage Dragon mysteries that's killing me. And then the moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Love this page. <laughs> yes. The colors, dude. Roughneck's face with like the scream. It just it, the like. Oh. Yep. Yeah. You always think about Roughneck as one of those, like, untouchable characters. Because yeah. he's always just around. Mm-hmm. And, like, he he doesn't... He's not a major character. He doesn't have a significant role in anything. But he's always just there. And now you got to wonder, what does this mean for Roughneck? At the minimum, Did... he's got no legs. Right. At the maximum, well, he'll be dead. I think he shows up with like a lower tank body with a bunch of bolts in it. <laughs> that would be a fun way to go. <laughs> well, also too, it creates a dynamic of um, if 
if if like like does like okay so if Refnik lives does this create a new dynamic like is he loyal to Mako now like out of fear you know what I mean yeah or is he gonna like go hardcore vengeance like are, are him he and can Mako be loyal to anybody that ate your legs out of fear and intimidation I'm gonna say yeah. an Overlord well, I mean, and Dart like what, what if they threat the what if they threaten each a dick I <laughs> know dude. I was like that last panel. He is absolutely telling me he's going to eat his dick. <laughs> I love that with the panel with the teeth and just his eyes. Like, uh. meanwhile, he's on fire, <laughs> right. cooking. He's cooking alive. <laughs> yeah, psychological psychological damage when you wake up and someone's eating your fucking leg. Yeah, uh, Craig, you praise the art and the colors, but I just want to like reiterate. Like, just the, like, the angle on the foot that, like, Mako's gnawing on. Like, just the, like, expression of pain and, like, the yaw panel and, like, all the, like, the, like, burst of light coming out of his, like, face and, like, the way Nikos did that. Like, oh, man, this, this page was mm, so good, dude. Right. Love the way, like, the fire just glows on everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Like, just look at that last panel with the teeth and, you know, and the way that the light plays off of uh, Roughneck's face. It's so good. Yeah. Excellent. Strong as a motherfucker, dude. This is probably Uh, Jim's favorite topic. Which one? Page. Oh, right, yeah. Malcolm's blood. Oh, yeah, more Malcolm's blood. (laughs) Hey, question, the follow-up question. I forgot to ask. So, guys, if yous freak out on Hortus, like, what happens? Does she become, like, human? Uh, She's half, we already actually know the answer to this. She's half alien. She'll stay the same. Um, Oh. I believe, yeah, I believe she got hit by the Nega Bomb and nothing happened to her. I don't think she was on, I don't think she was one of the ones on Vanguard's ship. Okay. I have to double verify that. You're She's half alien, and they even imply that she's kind of related to the, what are they, the Triceratons in the yeah, the yeah, Ninja she, Turtle comic. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So the rule is, if you're an alien or a god, negation doesn't work on you, or you work yeah, on your I mean, physiology. What would, you, what would you negate to if you were an alien? Right. Like, um, I'm not gonna lie. If we don't get to see, uh. Like Finn, Finn Hordis, like you know Hordis with like with a fin. Yep, <laughs> I'm gonna be pretty sad, dude. <laughs> what was the whole point of this exercise? Mm-hmm. Yep. If we don't get to see that cool visual, I'm gonna be pretty sad. How do we stop this whole solve everything with blood? I mean, no, one, I don't. Once you once you establish it, you kind of always have to acknowledge it. I don't have a problem with it. I don't, I mean, you know, we don't have to go into it again, but I'm just saying to me, it's like, Hey dudes, you know, do you want Hortus to die of COVID? <laughs> I mean, maybe. do you? I mean, she's on a ventilator, so I guess her chances are slim. She's not doing good. I mean, that's what no. Marcia says. But I mean, she's do- also, that's also, hmm. it's just also kind of weird that she's the one 
also on the ventilator. I mean, it makes sense for her character, but her alien physiology, can she even get sick? I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. I don't think it does. I don't think it's weird or problematic. I mean, she breathes air. Yeah. I mean, animals get COVID. That's yeah. true. Cats and dogs confirmed dead from it. But uh, I feel like Sarah's character has run its course for me. Like, I don't, I don't get excited or any. Like, there's some characters I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see in the pages. I'm, I'm not really. I've never been a huge Horridus fan, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't. If, if she passes, she's got a kid anyway to give focus on the next generation. I'm not going to be super, like, bummed. But that's just me. So you are hoping she dies. No, I'm not hoping. I'm just not going to be like, it's not one of those characters where I'm like, oh, I hope Eric never like touches this character. Yeah, I, I agree. She honestly hasn't done a hell of a lot in a long time. It's unfortunate. I th- so I her, she- lo- her loss would not be huge to me either. I think she's a strong visual. I mean, like, one of the best that Eric has made. But I just can't disagree with you guys that she just hasn't had a chance to shine in a long time. Like, even as no, a... No, I mean, her so, her shtick is, like, just being the dumbass kind of. Like, see, and that's the... Super un- ditzy. And that's the unfortunate part is when she... Very briefly, when she became a mother for the first time, I actually thought her character was turning, like, a new chapter in her life. But it never really developed anywhere. Because it seemed like she was more on the ball once she had a kid. Yeah, then we didn't then we didn't see her for long tracks of time, and now she's dying of COVID. So, <laughs> look, um, I'm not letting us get away from this page without complimenting Angel's ass. Yeah, um, <laughs> just saying, good job, <laughs> good job, everybody. And, yo, this was the page I was going to say. Like, dude, in an entire issue of really awesome coloring, um, something so painterly about, like, Angel in the car. Yeah, the, okay, like, that panel. Sp- I thought you were going to, you were talking about the, uh, the Mako Roughnecks well, page. I mean, definitely that one, but I'm just saying. But man, you mean specifically this panel where the, the lighting is low, so it's kind of got a blue tint to everything? Yeah, just kind of like a blue tint and like just kind of like, I don't know, just the, the the lighting like where she's in the car and everything's cool and then he's yeah. out and it's warmer colors. Like, so good, dude. Yeah. Just pa- Nikos is a treasure, man. Yes. Stuff, yeah. Wait, I mean, when you compare the stuff, like when you just see how much he's changed over the years, it's just amazing to like see the stuff where he's at at this point and i think they just he just found the sweet spot you know yep. he's he's tried so many different styles i think maybe a lot under eric's suggestions and i think they just they just found what works the best yeah yeah but i mean like just the uh, painterly like it's so crazy yeah. to get a book where there's just so much texture and just yeah. rim lighting and like, man, just Savage Dragon is still one of the best looking books I've got. I mean, in my pool box. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I really like Malcolm's facial expression when he says, what's going on, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. The colors on that are amazing. He does not want to deal with this guy's shit. 
<laughs> it's great, dude. I love the fact that Malcolm does not like Paul. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Paul drops a really interesting bomb here where he's talking about how like the vicious circles kind of whittled down a lot. That's it's kind of like crazy, crazy information to just learn. <laughs> you know, and we've been picking them off actually. Yeah, like, well, well, there was oh. that massacre, of course, and a bunch of them got taken to prison who didn't get murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, the vicious circle's always been having recruiting drives. You think? But yeah, they're probably at their low. Sorry. Uh, that, insects a good thought. I actually thought it might have been. Um, Actually, who was my suspect? I was going to say Mako, actually, but that doesn't sound like something he'd do. It's Pug Fugly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think Mako. I think Mako's just some brute dumbass. I don't think he's... Yeah, he wouldn't do it. You're right. But uh, did you notice something Paul said? Uh, Poison Dart? Yeah, he calls Dart Poison Dart. Love it. He's letting some of his uh, his memories leak through. Love um, it, dude. Although, to be fair, calling Allison Dart Poison Dart with the fact that there's another dart kicking around wouldn't be that uh, bad of an idea, just to right. differentiate her. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think we even made the case on a fan cast. We're yeah. like, give her a name. Like, you know, call her, call her anything. And then, like, I think we even, after Graphic Fantasy, like, Dart was listed as Poison Dart right. in, the, in the Graphic Fantasy. And that's Fantasy. why Paul is calling her that. Right, but I think we were like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> like, right. Dart was originally called Poison Dart. Like, you could totally use that. It's perfect. I'm just saying it's great. I love it that it's finally actually in the book. And Paul saying it makes nothing but sense. This other page... Um, what was kind of what I was talking about when I said I don't know that Samurai is into the girls' club thing after all. Yeah, because she's got. Uh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about this. How she's got her muscle now. Yeah. Pucker what's, what's, and brawn. Brawn. Brawn Strowman. Not, I love not, that pucker dude. He's kind of <laughs> cool looking. <laughs> is he? <laughs> the big lip things, like the like weird girdle thing. He's just gross looking. <laughs> he is gross. Our, our boy Fountainhead, right there. Love him. Got to keep death, Fountainhead. Death Gaze with the weird eye thing. I think that's volcanic, right? Uh, Maybe. I believe, like, the gal under Fountainhead's fist is the gal that we saw getting in the car with her children. Yeah, with the, uh, the uh, what hands. was her name? Bare Hands, that's it. Bare Hands. Yep. Although, I, I, yeah, she had, like, well, she, this one has purple hair. Does she have purple hair? I can't remember. I think she did. That's sickly, the one with the... She's in that, I don't know. Yeah, she, yeah, you can't tell her from here, but she's got, like, green skin. Yeah, this is, I this think is that's a... sickly, because she has those metal, like, hand things, and she shows up later on. This is nice, though, because you get to see guys, like, Vane. Like, you know, it's cool yeah. to see Vane, like, around, you know what I mean? Yep. We haven't seen her since that backup. There's <laughs> a like, lot of guys in, in these coming panels that we see that we haven't seen in a while. I thought we saw Vane when the Vicious Circle was coming to Canada. I could have swore she... Oh, we did. Correct. I'm pretty sure one panel. Correct, correct. Yep. My bad. I'm wrong. 
So, Got- yeah, so basically we have the usual vicious circle recru- uh, leadership drive where one mm-hmm. person says, I'm the boss, and then some tough guy in the audience says, no, you're not, and then they promptly get their ass kicked. <laughs> but- Dude, the line... I was going to say the line, know your place, Bile, your muscle at best, is great. <laughs> Bile's got a pretty good, like, design uh, himself. He's got a pretty, well, it's a really straightforward one, but I, I dig it. Yeah. I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Craig? No, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Hmm. Yeah, Bile. Sorry, dude, you're just not leadership material. <laughs> is Myotis the, the bat guy that's... <laughs> behind bile he is who once i feel like i've never seen him in my life he showed up in savage dragon 132 how do you not remember oh my god dude (laughs) i will say that i will say this the current like rabble vc goons you can tell that the vc is kind of on the ropes when you're when your biggest members are samurai insect brawn and i don't i don't am bile (laughs) I mean, those are probably your your. Oh, I guess bare hands and and wither sickly. sickly. I, I would say they're you know. I mean, I was you, looking. There's no powerhouse. There's no. There's no brainy ape. There's no like but, cyberface yeah. or like the. You can definitely tell the VC is not what it once was. Yeah, they're struggling for sure. What about Larry Lucifer in foreplay? <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> Memorable, you know. You know I'll, I'll, I would take low blow at this point <laughs> for some cred. Bug eye, bile, death gaze. How dare I disrespect Larry Lucifer? <laughs> hey man, we get a full body shot of him this time. Is that the dude in blue jeans? No, with like snake hair. No, Larry Lucifer is on the last page in fisticuffs with Paul. Oh, yeah, he's like devil horn guy. <laughs> oh my god, really? <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> Craig. I thought that was a generic character. You are off the rails, dude. <laughs> Pug um, Ugly is in the middle and four plays on the other side. It's a dude with the multiple arms, right? Yeah, it's like the demon crew. And I guess they are like on the fucking ropes, but like Braun's a heavy hitter, dude. Braun's probably the heaviest hitter they have. I'll never forget that scene of everyone else was fucking exploding yep. from dragon yeah. blood. And that like, it just like came out his eyes. Yeah. Bro. Braun is no slouch. He's a Zeke level threat. I was going to say that moment kind of cemented him in my mind as like top tier. Yeah. He's like, he's literally, I think the only person who's ever survived uh, uh, chosen one blood period yeah. yeah it just sort of like came out of his eyes I was like god damn what a brute we're missing a few heavy hitters here that you know like I know roughneck uh, not roughneck uh, rogue warrior isn't he still he, he's in prison he, he got he got arrested he's captured that that's the other thing is a lot uh, whoever didn't die got got taken in or roadblock or uh, I don't know I feel like there's more this bigger we haven't seen like chaos and control right uh i think um, chaos is kicking around i think control's dead okay craig who's the robot dude on the panel where bile is getting thrown into a robot dude and the sound effect is runch who's that uh, 
Oh, tech head, I think. Cool looking uh, guy. Yeah, tech head showed up in Savage Dragon 115. Who's the weird guy with like the the weird thing on his head in the next panel? That's death Death Gaze. He's on the very first panel with samurai like uh, approaching the crowd and he's like looking in the opposite direction. No, I think you mean like like Jim, do you mean like the dude with like the zits on his head? Yeah. Oh. Uh split head. Something uh, about that guy's look fucking split, grosses me out. Splithead showed up in Savage Dragon 216. <laughs> he has the powers of plus. Yeah. He reminds yeah. me of those little toys that you squeeze and like they like Yeah. Those things like will pop up. <laughs> you know they make that noise. And then a far more famous uh thing appears. The power glove. Where the hell does that thing keep coming from? Alex, dude. It never goes away. Yeah, I guess it's in Alex's closet. Exactly. You gotta imagine, if you're Alex, you want to keep that bad boy on check. You know what's crazy about the power glove? Paul's using it on his human fist. Well, it makes sense. One, does it? One robot fist and one regular fist with the power glove. I suppose. I mean, if it was me, I just feel like I would want, like, you know, my... I mean, Paul's pretty strong, Right? Yeah. Who did he knock out? I feel like we had a pretty decent show of strength from Paul. Yeah. I mean, he lost his arm to Mako, who was a heavy hitter. Okay, you're I right. think he threw down with Malcolm, but he ran away. And then came back. I'm trying to think if he was in any other fights yet. I can't recall. Uh, when he first talk, was talking to Malcolm right after his appearance, who did he, he fought? Um, one of those mind control guys. Yeah, yeah control. That, 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 was, that was mind mind warp or mind mind warp sounds right. Yeah, he uh, he got he got mind controlled, and then Malcolm ran off, and then Malcolm came back, and I think stomped him to death. Or but I'm, like pr- I'm pretty sure Paul was on the back foot in that fight against Malcolm. I think Malcolm is clearly way stronger. I will say this for Paul. Um, He is definitely not the charismatic, scene-stealing winner that the original Dragon was. No, he's kind of a goober. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He definitely is like, oops. Man, he's not as powerful. Fight for your life. Any more bright ideas, Paul? Fight for your life. I mean, besides that. It's I good. love that the last panel where it's just a bunch of squiggles and there's like bare hands flying through the air. <laughs> it's so neat. It's like almost like a cartoon fight cloud. Yeah. It's good stuff, dude. This was the first one after the long hiatus, right? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like I believe Eric said that this was the one he was struggling the most with. Feels like he didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Guys, I gotta do something for the wiki, the Savage Dragon wiki, and add like something for some of these weapons. Like, I started doing a write up for the Power Glove. I'm like interested in like every appearance it's had and like where it's been because it's been all over the place. I would love if you did that, dude. Like, that sounds awesome as shit. Like, there's a couple of weapons, like the Power Glove, the Martian Shrinking Ray, that always kind of showed up. 
maybe Vanguard's teleportation thing, but I feel like those things need some their own like entries. Thor's Chow. hammer, maybe Rex's armor. Yeah. Overlord's Absolutely. armor. <laughs> Overlord's armor, my god, yeah. But yeah, the power gloves is one of those things that just they've been around since, you know, Amy uh She Dragon kind of There used to be started. two of them. Right. One went to space in the Vanguard backup. But yeah, they've definitely been around. Yeah, man, please do track that. I think that sounds fantastic. Um so like we always sort of do this little like impromptu what'd you think about this issue? Uh tell me fellas what are your feelings on this issue? Give it a number, give it give it a feeling. Mm. Nine out of ten. Nine wow. and a half. Holy I think moly. I think the stuff with uh, Roughneck in particular really sells yep. this issue because it's the kind of fucked up thing you want in your Savage Dragon. Unexpected, violent. Yep. Kind of creepy, dick eating. <laughs> How about you, Craig? I, I was going a little lower. Like I felt like. I guess, based on everything else that's kind of come out, I don't know if it's past year is a good term to say, but the past maybe 10 issues, I felt like relatively this sits for me maybe like a six and a half or a seven. And I Whoa. think it's a good, I think it's good. Maybe I'm under, I just feel like there's a lot happening, but not a lot happening. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm, wow. I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with Jim because here's the thing. Maybe I've just been like you know without my Savage Dragon for too long, so this one just hit extra hard. But uh, just sort of echoing like Jim already covered it. Like I just think having a safe character, you know, get like mutilated uh, in a shocking fashion. Like you've read, been reading this book for thirty years and seeing a guy getting his fucking legs eaten while he's alive, like hanging over a fire. It's fucking still pretty crazy. Uh, you had a lot of strong, um, like just one page moments, like Malcolm's conversation with Marsha, or just like you know uh, the the aforementioned leg eating scene. You know, just stuff like that. I think that uh, there was just a like. This is what I want from my Savage Dragon. I just yeah. want a bunch of shit going. I always say, have said this, that I feel like the book is strongest when there's a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot going on. I feel like there's I, a lot I of agree. changing when dynamics. There's a lot of changing scenes of different characters. And so he's kind of every couple pages you're shifting to some yep. you know, different cast. Yep. I feel like you got like Samurai coming up. You got uh, Angel potentially leaving the book. You got like a, you know, we don't know that Hordus won't die from COVID. We, we don't know. And one, so one thing I, I do like is when Eric is building up his villains as much as his heroes. So mm-hmm. one good thing I'll say that I liked about this issue is you're getting to know more about this Mako character. You're yep. getting more to know about the dynamic of what's going on with the vicious circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy that. Cause then you're more invested when these villains lose or, or win or whatever it is, you know, I, I, there was a part a time in this book where it was just like a lot of just kind of 
cool looking designs and some for these villains, but there wasn't much backstory to it, and so right. it didn't feel like a big deal when there were repercussions or something to that effect. You know, when, when Dragon fought them, and I even I, feel like I even feel like you get like character progression with like seemingly minor characters, like uh, Insect. You know, with Dart dead you could see that have going either way. Like, you know, was she just taking care of Billy because of, uh, it was an order or like, you know, there's no reason for her to still be staying a course, but like this issue really drives home. The fact is like, no, like this kind of motherly instinct is awakening in yeah. her. And it's, it's cool. Like insects and nothing character. Like we don't know fucking insect, Yeah, but well, it's samurai and insect both went from like background little, like just throwaway characters that were just, penciled in to, to fill in a big group of VC characters to being kind of like leaders and mm-hmm. and characters you want to know more about. Yep. So I love it. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, I give it a nine. All right. Maybe I was too low, but I'm still going to stick with like a seven. No, dude. However you feel, it's still valid. It's it's your rating. <laughs> I, I think it's relative to the other issues, I would say... I don't want to knock it because it still was a fun issue and entertaining and visually really appealing. Mm-hmm. So we also got this backup here, but again, we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, we are planning a long time coming to have an interview with the creators <laughs> about this backup in Red Hook. And we hope to have that soon. And we will talk about the backup when we talk to them. Yeah, I'm... I'm looking forward to talking to, to Dave Kelly and Dean Haspiel. I don't really know Dave Kelly's stuff, but Dean's stuff blows me away from the stuff I've collected of his. I'd like to get to know more about what Dave Kelly does. Um, but Dean Haspiel's got that, kind of like that Bruce Tim style. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Kirby-ish, Toph, maybe crossover look. All mixed yep. in, but it's got a lot of good characters and good comics, so it should be a fun interview. Um, it's always yep. neat when when a person's character crosses over with Savage Dragon in the backup. I always love you know backups that have Savage Dragon in it, so or Malcolm Dragon, I should say. He's Savage now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, first time I saw Red Hook was in the pages of Savage Dragon, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" So yeah, it's it's going to be a blast to talk with those dudes, for sure. Any interesting letters? Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's a, lo- a lot of uh, I'm not want to shit on the letters, but like it's uh, nothing particularly strange or or stand out. Um, it's just kind of. You know, definitely read them because I think there's some really good stuff, uh, like reader complaints, uh, conversations and stuff. Like he talks about how, you know, the circles on Tootsie's uh, Fargo Ray were done digitally and, you know, just little things like that. But uh, nothing so much that I'm going to take up some space here in the FinCast for it, but definitely some solid letters. Please write them, folks. Good shit. It's not like the 90s when you'd have some like middle schooler, you know, telling Eric his dumb ideas and telling Eric that his teacher caught him, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. One thing I like about um, 
some of the stuff like the the back cover of this issue mm-hmm. the next issue i feel like we haven't seen that in a while where eric's promoting like the next issue is that just me or i don't recall yeah, I, last time we've really had that i noticed that that uh he, he's doing that on ant also yeah i like that do you like it more than uh say another pinup though uh, I don't know. I just I, I like finishing the the book, you know, finishing the 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 comic, and then you flip to the last page, and you have something to think about, like, oh, all right, this is what next issue is going to look like. I don't know, just a little remind, like, what's coming up. If I got my rather's, I'd rather have something original there. Yeah, because I've seen the next issue cover and previews already. So for me, seeing it on the back of the book doesn't light my fire. You know what yeah, I'm saying? For me, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I like it seeing it in print. Like, it, it just looks different in, in the, on a printed page. Oh, one thing I would, I don't buy print, of course, but one thing I've noticed or seen uh, that it would almost, I would say, would be a preference would be the front cover without the copy. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I, I dig that. That'd be cool. I think they couldn't do that, though, because it would probably get mixed up on the stand. Well, I, I know other image books do this. Oh, really? Well, at least print, I, though? B- I believe so. Now I know. you're going to have me being that weirdo flipping image books over. I, I, I'll try to find an example. <laughs> it took me, like three seconds to realize what was happening. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Someone using compressed air? What's happening? Just sniffing my chemical comics. (laughs) So guys, what do you think? Scorched Earth. Malcolm Dragon and his father from another reality, Paul Dragon, join forces to take down the vicious circle. But they're greatly outnumbered and hopelessly outgunned. 262 that's it i didn't do the voice because i got sick (laughs) i got i got i got covid and i don't think i could do it (laughs) i've been i've been muting coughs this whole time have you really oh yeah big time (laughs) i haven't noticed thank you well i don't know we'll see hopefully next issue comes at a relatively quicker pace (laughs) Yeah, we got uh, ant floating around. Uh, well, screw screw that. I mean, our problem is that we need to be more on the ball. We've we've let things go way too long, and we definitely want to. We got plans to get more episodes out in the near future. Uh, we definitely want to get that interview in. We got another issue of Ant to cover, and we mm-hmm. really got to get back to doing retros because Savage oh, yeah. Dragon is heating up. Uh, I own them all now. Heating up. We have got to get to that freaking Joey Finkelberry story. God damn it. Yes. Bros, another thing is I've been going through back issue bins and I couldn't even believe it. I have found so many phase one phasers. Phase one nice. phasers. That's that's that. It was Vic's, uh, Vic's series before Freak Force. Oh. And Eric <laughs> also worked on it. Phase one phasers. Uh, it's spelled like F A Z E R S. Yeah, I'm just saying it's just so funny. 
Yeah, we got a lot of fin casting to do, man. We got we got a lot on the horizon. I mean, I'm never, not crazy, I've right? Eric never seen on. this before. Eric closed it out, is what yeah. I think he said. Right. Vic couldn't meet his deadline, and Eric ended the series. And then, oddly enough, Eric turned around and picked Vic up for Freak Force. <laughs> and uh, then lost touch with him. <laughs> Doesn't know where he is. I think that's it. I think we're done. Yeah. Thanks for, we'll thanks be- for sticking with us, guys. And again, we'll uh, be back someday soon. <laughs> um, yeah. Write in. Please write. Remind us you exist. We would appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening.